Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode is another segment of our Houses in Motion series and features, again, Lisa Dunn. Lisa is the partner slash owner of Laurel Real Estate Resources in Rancho Santa Margarita, California. She is also a member of both the California Association of Realtors and the National Association of Realtors Board. Housing Wire real estate reporter Matthew Blake recorded this episode with Lisa at the 2021 National Association of Realtors Conference this past week in sunny San Diego, California. The pair discussed the vast agenda of topics being discussed and debated at the conference, including measures taken to improve NAR transparency. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Want to give your customers the streamlined mortgage experience they expect? Fannie Mae's digital mortgage solutions are fast, efficient, contactless, and they save paper. Our digital mortgage solutions provide efficiency for you, convenience for your customers, and deliver a great experience at every stage of the mortgage cycle. Own the mortgage experience with Fannie Mae's innovative solutions. Visit FannieMae.com slash go digital. Hello, and welcome to a special San Diego edition of Houses in Motion, part of the Housing Wire Daily podcast series. I'm Matthew Blake, real estate reporter from Housing Wire. I am speaking to you from a hotel room by the massive, gigantic, sprawling, enormous San Diego Convention Center that has been the home of the giant National Association of Realtors Annual Conference. The gigantic nature of the conference is befitting an organization that has advocated for real estate agents for over 100 years, spends more money on lobbying than any group in the country, represents real estate professionals and consumers and brokerages, and is feuding with the U.S. Justice Department with major new developments on that this weekend. You are hearing this on Wednesday but we are recording on a Sunday afternoon. I am here, Lisa Dunn. Lisa is a partner owner at Laurel Real Estate Resources in Rancho Santa Margarita. And that's like an hour drive to San Diego. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. And she is a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors. Lisa, welcome on. Um, Thank you. You have, have you been at, this conference the whole time rolled in on Thursday morning and I will be here until Monday afternoon (laughs) great okay so you you have probably seriously one of the most authoritative views of kind of what's going on here we are recording this on a Sunday afternoon it's not over yet but what is the biggest news of the conference so far biggest news of the conference uh, from a director's viewpoint would be we're going to be voting on what they call the game changer program. They've had a Hmm. president's action group that's been working on this for three years. And it's regarding the setup 
of the executive committee, the board of directors, and the delegate body. And it's really inside baseball. Um, most people wouldn't care about this if you weren't heavily involved. Um, but it will change the makeup of the board. It's um, going to allow more small and medium size um, associations have representation that they didn't previously have. And it's going to give the executive committee more ability to act more nimble, especially since, you know, we're just coming out of the whole COVID situation uh, that taught them many lessons on they need to be able to, as much as I hate saying this, pivot and adapt a little over mm-hmm. years but they need that ability to be able to do that. And they're going to be voting on the elimination of the delegate body, which is all of the local association presidents across the country, um, because they don't meet very often. They don't have a lot of power over most anything, you know, only like bylaw changes. And it's going to be interesting to see if the board of directors votes to eliminate the delegate body, then the delegate body has to vote to eliminate itself. So <laughs> that's that's going to be on Mondays. <laughs> so, I mean, that is, that is, yes, let's admit that is some pretty inside baseball stuff. Hopefully people are still listening, but it does sound pretty interesting in the sense that the executive committee sounds like it's centralizing more power into the executive committee. So could you talk about sort of who is on the executive committee of NAR and what they do? Oh my gosh. Well, what they, it's almost like everybody, it's really kind of amazing <laughs> because they did expand it. Um, they're giving the regional vice presidents cause we have 13 regions um, within NAR and each of the regional vice presidents will be staying on for two years where before it was just, you would just, I don't even know if they were on it to be perfectly honest, but it's going to give them more power because they are the voices of the regions. We have regional meetings where, um, you know, we endorse certain candidates. We have certain positions. Uh, I'm in the California region, region 13. And we have a lot of weight because we have a lot of members Um, So it's really important for us to kind of get our ducks in a row before a meeting. So then the regional vice president can take it to the executive committee. And, you know, this is our position. This is our vote. They also have representation from the larger brokerages in the country. And it was really interesting because when we were originally given the information on uh, the changes that they wanted to make, they had reduced the large broker number on exec from, I want to say 55 members to five. They were, I mean, just this big drastic cut and they wanted to do that so they could give more space for association members, not broker members. Interestingly though, by the time that we had a meeting to discuss this again, uh, they increased that number to 45. So I'm sure a lot of the large brokers did did a lot of pushback on that. And so it was kind of interesting because they wanted to reduce the number and they had it down to what I thought was a manageable number, but then they raised it up. And so, you know, it, it's just kind of crazy. Um, but there's, you know, lots of categories. It's all of your, you know, your executive officers and past presidents and this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think that that's a good intro because it sort of gets to how massive and enormous and gigantic this whole conference is. And I think that it can be hard to sort of have 
kind of specific takeaways. We are recording this a week and a half after Zillow announced it's winding down iBuying. There was a lot of grave dancing on Zillow. And there's this huge presence at this conference, CoStar, HomeSnap, having a block party in the very heavily touristed gas lamp district in San Diego last night, Saturday night. And so what is sort of the sense you're getting about how CoStar is interacting with real estate agents these days from the conference? I think CoStar is putting on a huge push, huge Mm. push for the agents that just don't want to play, shall I call it the Z game? Um, You know, they, there is absolutely no presence by Zillow here whatsoever. Um, And I think that you have a lot of very angry agents um, that had been giving them money for years and then finding out that their their lead gen has been cut down, and then they change to the Zillow Flex model, um, where your office has to be approved. It's not like you're in control anymore. Your office has to meet the certain criteria, and then you're on phone call roulette. You don't know when your phone's going to ring. At least with the premier agents, the agent was in control because the agent was paying the fees. Now the agents were paying obscene amounts of money, in my ever so humble opinion, uh, to be able to be one of the top premier agents in their area. And so now with the Zillow Flex, which is a referral-based program, the individual agent doesn't have that option anymore. So it's it's really a lot of people are feeling uh, like they've been had, shall I say. Um, I never paid for any of their leads. I never did that. I know a lot of agents that have, and a lot of agents were very successful for a very long time, but then things started changing. And I don't know exactly what caused the changes. Um, You know, they got into the eye buying and I think a lot of agents were very irritated by that. Um, There was definitely, there's more going on than meets the eye in my ever so humble opinion with why they pulled out of, you know, an excuse of saying, well, we were just bad at decision-making on the valuations of homes. It's like, "Um, wait a minute, this is what you do. You started with Zestimates. You drove that algorithm. That was all them. How could they be so wrong if this is what they do? So, you know, I have my own personal thoughts on it. I think that there was probably some things that should have been looked at from a legal standpoint, what they were doing. Um, But I won't get into that now. I think that that's something that I'm just going to kind of sit back and see what happens. Uh, They've got a lot on their plate right now, and they know that they are in the crosshairs of a lot of agents and with just cause. The co-star, they're smart because they are riding this wave and they are putting out um, products to compete with Zillow in the New York City area um, where they where Zillow has Easy Street and CoStar is going to be coming up with their own system and they are just really putting a big push on. They, they're buying things right and left. I mean, them buying HomeSnap was huge, but they're really, you know, the amount of money that was spent just last night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had to be, you know, well over, you know, it had to be a couple of million dollars. And that's an investment. 
that is an investment. So they're trying to make the agents happy. You see their logo everywhere you go here. It's on the side of all of the buses. They sponsored the buses because um, you mentioned how large this this event is. There's over 10,000 people here. And it, we are very fortunate that we've got like one mass complex, you know, between the Hyatt, the Marriott, and the convention center, but I'm logging seven miles a day in walking. <laughs> Just yeah, me too. Yeah. And so those buses are very important. So you're reading the side of the buses to see who's making my life easier. Right. Yeah. No, the street easy in New York. I think that's very interesting because New York city, the system is a little different there and that there's all these sort of smaller MLSs. And so sometimes the agent, you know, doesn't necessarily have to play ball with the local MLS there. I, I, I did not go to the home snap block party, quote unquote, last night, but they've, I mean, yeah, they've been everywhere. It's crazy. I'm like asking for directions for places like asking where's this ballroom or something like that. And it's somebody from HomeSnap who's telling me where it is and stuff. But what do you think, I guess, to just draw this out a little bit more, like what kind of does CoStar, you know, when this conference is over, what does CoStar slash HomeSnap offer the agent that they might find appealing? Well, I think it is giving the leads back to the listing agent. Hmm. That is what they're saying that they are doing. That's what they have on the side of the bus. You're listing your leads. Mm-hmm. And um, HomeSnap is a very good tool. You know, I'm not going to do an advertisement for them, but uh, it is one that agents actually can utilize relatively easier. It makes your life a lot easier. You know, there is cost involved. Um, homes.com, they're really trying to get that. They want that to become the new place that the consumers go to look yeah for. homes.com yeah so they're they're really 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 trying to drive eyeballs to their sites drive um buyers to the listing agents uh kind of stop with making money off of the agents just you know to for them to have their whole career depend on leads coming in um so there was a pretty lively debate that I went to uh, Saturday morning. There was a lot of chatter at it, kind of more than I expected. This was the MLS policy committee. And the committee decided on a couple of measures that are kind of inside baseball, but I think a big deal to agents and really have some application for anyone shopping for or selling a home. First, the committee said, yes, we will have prominently displayed the listing agent's name, and contact information in a listing. Now, prominently is my word, and there was a lot of debate over exactly how prominent or not this had to be. But anyway, after much discussion, that passed. What do you think of that? Is that good or bad for the agent, and what impact might it have? I think it really depends on where you get your business from. And what I was seeing in the arguments now, I didn't go to that that particular committee meeting. There are so many meetings going yeah, on. There was 20 other meetings were happening at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I wasn't part of that one, but I knew that the topic was going to come up and I've been involved in conversations regarding that. And I, I find it's interesting because it's really more of a, um, do you get your leads online? 
are you one of those agents that is trying to um, get buyers off of other people's listings? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. However, it's not painting a true picture to the consumer of who the listing agent actually is. And if you talk to consumers that have pressed the button, shall we say, on any of these sites, and the agent that shows up is not the listing agent, well, they don't know that it's not the listing agent because they don't know who the listing agent is. And many times, these buyers, once they find out, they're livid. They're like, I thought I was working with the listing agent. And I had that personally happen where the buyer about three quarters of the way through the transaction was so irritated with the agent that was representing him purchasing my listing. He said, I am firing that agent. I do not want to work with him anymore. I only want to work with you. And that's because I thought I was working with you. And to see that play out over and over and over, it's not right for the consumers. It's just not right for the consumers. Now, do we as listing agents want to represent all the buyers all the time? Uh, I, I, it's illegal in a lot of states. You can't do that. So, you know, anybody who is saying, you know, that they shouldn't have the attribution um, because, you know, the listing agents are going to double end everything. I, I think that that's a crock myself. You just need to show the public who honestly is representing the seller on that house. I'm pretty sure probably the argument came down to something like that. Um, it would be really interesting to hear. I think that what the argument came down to, and I think that I, I think that you pretty powerfully made their sort of the argument that carried the day. And I'm frankly inclined to agree with that because like when I go on to Zillow or something, it is confusing because I think like the person I'm contacting could be the listing agent, but it's just somebody who's paid to be a premier agent. But I think that the argument that was being made against it yesterday was basically like a broker was saying, like a broker from EXP was saying like here at EXP and it was in the Asheville area, North Carolina, like we are posting listings on our websites of listings that, you know, where EXP could maybe be the buyer, represent the buyer. And so like, they're arguing that it's sort of free advertising for just to pick a random example, Caldwell Banker to have like a Caldwell Banker name on the EXP website as the listing agent. And David Noyes of EXP, just because I remember his name off the top of my head, but there are other people that are making that argument. Noise was basically saying like, look, I don't want to give free advertisements to other brokerages. So that was an argument being made. Well, put your consumer shoes back on. Yeah. You're the consumer and you're looking at the EXP website advertising Coldwell Banker listing. Would you feel better thinking that this was an EXP listing and then finding out down the road it wasn't? Right. Where, where is the truth in all of this? And we've got the DOJ, which we're going to talk about that. We've got the right. DOJs watching our every move right now. We have got to be as clear and transparent with the consumers that we possibly can be. So we get out of their crosshairs because, yeah, it does look fishy, you know, with I thought I was hiring an EXP agent, but it's really Coldwell Banker, but you're at EXP, but this was on your site, but I didn't know it wasn't your mm. listing. The confusion that's out there 
because of this to the consumer. And we have to keep bringing it back to the consumer. The ones that are worried about this, that don't want it to happen, are not worried about the consumers. They're worried about themselves. And that's what causes the problems. If we start thinking about how is the public viewing our information, how are we treating the public, how transparent we are with the public, that would make the whole DOJ thing go away. And and rightfully so is some of their complaints. I don't think any of them are really, um, you know, worth their the consideration that they're giving them. But it's because of the perception that we are not transparent, that we are not clear with the consumers, what they're paying, how they're paying it, whose listing is whose, who's working for who. Uh, it, it's amazing that, you know, we just don't want to say, hey, public, this is what's going on. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I think that sort of that argument sort of slips into the next big issue that was happening at the MLS Policy Committee. And I was a little surprised by this because I thought this was kind of fait accompli that this would pass, but it got a lot more debate and discussion than I think some people in the room anticipated. And that's that the committee passed a rule that originally came up in the Justice Department consent decree last November. And which, of course, DOJ withdrew from in July. The consent decree is what they withdrew from in July. And so that rule said that the buyer's agents expected compensation, the percentage of the commission that the home seller and listing agent had agreed upon that the buyer's agent would get, that that would be posted on the real estate listing. So you go onto a real estate listing. And I think Redfin, they might still have this. I know they had this for a while, but you go onto Redfin and you can see that the buyer's agent will get a 2.8% commission on this deal or something like that. And so at the committee meeting yesterday, this passed and it passed after a show of hands, but people were against this. Um, And I think the main argument that they were against it was because lawyers don't publicize what they make, doctors don't publicize what they make. How come anyone can go on Redfin or Zillow or CoStar, perhaps HomeSnap in the future and figure out what I stand to make on a sale? So I guess my question for you is sort of your opinion on this, but also like, what do you think the mood is out there? Like how many agents are opposed to this and how many are like, oh, this just makes sense? Well, it's really interesting because I have shifted positions from where Mm -hmm. I originally was. And a lot of it is regional. It depends on our business practices. It depends if we're using buyer broker agreements or not. Um, One thing uh, that I I find that's interesting is, you know, everybody who calls us a monopoly, um, every state has different forms. We do not collaborate with each other on who, you know, what are the contracts that are being used. And some states buyer broker agreements are um, used all the time. Mm-hmm. And these buyer mm-hmm. broker agreements are binding contracts. It's like you're, you're a buyer and you are, you are the listing. You know, the, the buyers are the listing. And you're signing a contract with an agent to represent you for a specific period of time. And that agent will get paid a specific amount of money. Now, every state's forms are different. Some states don't do these. Some states, it's, you know, they have to. Everybody's different. California, Southern California, where I work, we have three versions of the buyer broker agreement. 
Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we don't use any of them. I mean, there's some people that do, but it's few and far between. And there, you know, the language in the California contract says, you know, that agent, the buyer's agent will get paid X amount, yes. percentage or a dollar figure or whatever. If they don't receive that amount as the cooperating broker's commission, then they have alternatives that they can do. Say, okay, well, you know, or the, the buyer's agent's going to accept what's offered in the MLS or the buyer will still pay that amount or it's negotiable or whatever they decide to do. But you are tied to this broker and how you negotiate that with that broker for what you're going to be paying them. You know, we have options. A friend of mine went to North Carolina to buy a home and he had an agent send over a buyer broker agreement. And it was already filled out with a certain number. And he's like, well, wait a minute. Why am I going to, why am I going to pay you that? You Mm -hmm. know, the going rate is about a percent less than what you're Mm -hmm. talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, You didn't even ask me Mm -hmm. and you filled this out and you want me to do that. No, you're going to get paid whatever the heck you get paid. So before that happened, I was like, why do people need to know how much money I'm getting paid? I'm get, now I'm going to get beat up by the buyers. It's bad enough that I'm getting beat up by the sellers all the time, thinking that I'm not worth um, my commission until we get into the transaction. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you've earned every single penny. Um, so I'm already getting beaten up as a listing agent. Now I'm going to get beat up as a buyer's agent. They're going to say, you know, deserve all that money, blah, 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 blah. Give me some, you know. So that was where my mind went until my friend's situation. And I'm like, whoa, Nellie, now I know why it needs to be out there for two reasons. One, if you are in a buyer broker agreement with uh, somebody in a state that doesn't have the um, option for it to be negotiated, you're signing something. You may not even realize what you're signing. And now you're going to have to pay that difference out of your pocket if that agent doesn't explain this to you right. And two, I think it's important that buyers know that if their agent isn't showing them a home because of the fact they're going to receive less money, then they need to be able to go out and find themselves a new agent because it shouldn't matter to an agent what they're getting paid as long as their client finds the house that works for them. And I think we had the same discussion in our, in our previous conversation, Yeah, you know, there's, our job is to get somebody in a home, the home that works for them, not the home that's going to pay me more money. And that I think is really super important now. I mean, I I've done a 180 on this. I think that it's really important for the public to see how much we are getting paid so they can be sure that they're seeing every house out there. And one other thing that uh, came about with the DOJ Mm -hmm. Uh, situation was we can't search by commission for listings anymore. Right. Saying, Oh, I want to, you know, show me all of the X.5 or more houses. We can't do that anymore. Everything comes up, which I think is fantastic. And you can't even sort that field. You can sort everything else. You can sort by street number. You can sort by age of the home. You cannot sort by commission amounts anymore. So, right. So real estate agents can no longer kind of 
on the buy side can steer their clients to homes where they're going to get paid a higher commission. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think it's good. I think it's good. And, and uh, bravo to the MLS committee for moving that forward. So these all sound like what you just mentioned, the buyer agent commission disclosure, the listing agent contact information prominently displayed. All of these seem like pro-consumer measures. All these are done with pro-consumer measures. So NAR, again, represents real estate professionals, also claims to represent consumers. They're taking these measures that they say are to increase transparency. And there was an interesting moment at the policy committee meeting, the MLS policy committee meeting yesterday, where somebody was like, hey, we should do these things to like show the Justice Department that we want to follow the consent decree they withdrew from and also to show they were generally cognizant of the consumer. And then Charles Lee, I think his name is the NAR general counsel or one of the lawyers for NAR was like, well, no, 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 we need to consider these things on the merits. It's not about appeasing DOJ. It's about the merits of these that withstanding, do you think that what passed the committee yesterday and what NAR is considering at this annual conference, do you think that that will, if not appease DOJ, at least make them a little more reluctant to sort of call out NAR and call out real estate commissions? I think it's an interesting situation. Anything we can do to show that we're trying to abide by the agreement that was made, uh, number one, will be good for the consumers. Mm -hmm. And two, hopefully it's going to take a little of the heat off. But it's interesting because I was in the risk management committee meeting Mm. and Katie Johnson, general counsel for NAR, gave an update. And one thing that they came up with was a new website called competition.realtor. Right. And it does a very good job. I haven't gone through the whole thing yet, but it does a good job breaking down for the consumer what it is, how we do things, how we are individual small businesses. You know, you you have a lot of um, big brokerages out there, but every agent is their own business unless you work for a team. You know, as a as an individual realtor, I am a small business. Whether I'm working for a broker or not, I'm an independent contractor. Hopefully, the independent contractor rules hold up. Um, so, I am a small business owner. We are made up of 1.5 million plus small business owners. So everybody thinks that we're this big monolith and that we all sit around and collude what we're going to charge and blah, 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 blah. No, it couldn't be further from the truth. It really is individuals and brokerages making decisions for themselves of what they're going to require as as commission fees for their clients. Everything is negotiable. And that's the part that just kills me. It's like, you're this big monopoly. I make my own decisions. If I want to take a listing for 1% or a half a percent or 4% or 7% or whatever the heck, that's my decision. And if my brokerage is telling me what I have to do, that's the brokerage decision. NAR has nothing to do with that. They don't standardize forms for the country. They don't do any of that. They lay out guidance for MLS 
policy, but they're not the MLS. So I think the website itself is going to be good to show what it is we do and how we do it, because that's the problem. You know, somebody needs to, you know, peel back the curtain and say, this is really how we do business. Hey, consumer, you know that everything's negotiable, that you can negotiate this. You can see what's being paid. You can know who the listing agent is. All of this is good stuff. Uh, We need to do a better job of letting consumers, the media, politicians know what it is we do and how we do it, because that's the problem. Everybody has preconceived notions on what it is that we do and they don't they don't know it's further from the truth they really don't so i think we're doing some good stuff um i hope that it's getting out to the consumers but you know i <laughs> you don't know if a message is being heard and mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem i have a, I have a son who's a realtor who mm-hmm. he's been doing it for like seven years right i mean he's not in sales he's like transaction management that kind of stuff and i'm like so kevin when are you going to buy a house and he's like, oh, mom, I got to come up with 20% down. And I'm like, are you not my kid? Do you not know? You know that I do all of this work on FHA stuff. You don't need 20% down to buy a house. You are a friggin' realtor. And you don't know that. So how are we going to get this information out to the consumers that, yeah, you can negotiate. Yeah, you can ask if the person's a listing agent. You know, we, we've got to really do it big, big educational push. Yeah. The competition.realtors.com. I'm glad you brought that up because every single committee meeting. Competition.realtor. Dot realtor. No dot com. We have, our own, we have our own thing. Like I, I think I'm Lisa Dunn dot realtor. If you know, I don't, I don't right. know lead you to, so don't click it right now. Um, but you know, we do have our own dot real estate dot realtor that our members can use. So do you feel that You've been a member of NAR for a while. Do you feel that the organization is doing more now than maybe it has in the past in terms of being cognizant of the consumer and being sort of more like, I guess, relatively more transparent beyond just sort of representing the real estate agent? I think that um, we are definitely doing more than we have done in the past. I've been a director 28 2016, 2018, 2021, and it'll be 2022. Um, This is the most that I've seen, and I think it's good. However, we also have to realize that everything's been evolving over Mm -hmm. this time. Uh, You know, the websites are changing. Um, You know, it's about time for the attribution, the listing agent attribution. I mean, in my ever so humble opinion, that should have been done out of the gate. And I think that they were a little behind on getting that done. But as you mentioned earlier, there was a lot of pushback on that. Um, we're, we're definitely in, in, in a change mode right now. And I think it's a positive change mode um, with everything going on with the Zillow situation, with the DOJ situation. I think it's a good time for us to really get out in front of the consumers and let them know the truth because we've been doing a pretty crappy job, not NAR. Mm-hmm the third-party aggregators, the uh, company websites. Again, it's the monopoly isn't doing it, but the monopoly is having to change the rules for all of the business people that make these decisions for themselves to clean up our act. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So huge convention. Really appreciate your time today. Anything else that you wanted to mention that kind of has struck you the last few days before we go? Uh, You know, it's really interesting seeing how an event is taking place after COVID. Yeah. Um, I find it's really interesting how many people came here. I think it's great that this many people did. Uh, They are are being very strict on, um, you know, vaccination records. Mm -hmm. Not only is Mm -hmm. our hotel requiring that, you know, a check-in, they had to see it. Um, but the, uh, uh, facility, when we registered, we had to upload a copy of our vaccination record. Um, we do have the mask police out, uh, for our meetings. If you're in a meeting and you're not wearing a mask or it's down under your nose, they will come and tap you on the shoulder and ask you to do that. So we're trying really hard. Biggest problem is you go to a street party with a few thousand people and, you know, everybody's breathing. <laughs> we tend right. to do that. Uh, the dinners, the nights, you know, in the bars, the, you know, the different off-campus activities, because there is so, so much, so much going on here. Uh, it's unbelievable that you still have that, that chance of, you know, somebody being less than honest about their status, um, whether it's vaccination or whether they're ill. You know, if you're coming from across the country, you've paid for your plane fare, Uh, Your association's probably already paid for, you know, if you're a funded director, your association's probably already paid for your room and everything. Are you going to sit there and say, oh, I better go get that COVID test and see if I'm positive before I hop on that plane? So you you hope that everybody's watching out for the group. Um, But that's, uh, we did have a lot of people say that they weren't coming, that they um, had registered and then they said, no, I want to do a virtual registration. And they just didn't want to be in a huge room with thousands of people. Um, I'm, I'm just being brave. I'm out here. You know, I'm, I'm trying to live my life. I, I've been very, very, very cautious. But I think it's great to be back with people. Um, I think that our expo doesn't have the normal amount of booths. Uh, I think yeah. it's very, very small this year because I think a lot of companies were afraid to invest in having a presence here because they mm-hmm. didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so consequently, it's just a massive co-star, home snap, sort of amusement park. The exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lisa Dunn, Laurel Real Estate Resources. Thank you for your time. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.